0: seconds right now and give him a psalm 150 praise if you know he did it somebody praise him according to his excellent greatness somebody praise him for his mighty acts i did somebody in the building to open up your mouth and just shout he did it come on he did it He did it. Uh, My family was broke apart uh, and I thought it was over. uh, But I'm standing here today uh, to declare he did it. Somebody ought to clap your hands uh, and shout unto God uh, with a voice of triumph. Come on, somebody lift your voice and magnify him this morning. Yeah! Woo! Anybody grateful he did it this morning? High five about eight people on the way to your seat and just tell him he did it, he did it, he, he, he did it. He. I don't know how he did it, but he did it. And I got one more thing I want to add to that this morning if he did it before he can do it again so somebody in this building uh, just needs to reach back uh, and praise god uh, because you know he's able i wish somebody would this morning you see that's the kind of praise that'll let you stand in front of a giant in the middle of a field. Uh, David just looked backwards and said, well, uh, there was a lion uh, and he did it. Uh, And there was a bear uh, and he did it. Uh, So if he did it, then uh, I'm looking at a giant uh, and all I can tell you is uh, that God is able... uh, uh, The same God that healed you before her. If he did it before her, somebody shout he can do it. uh. Somebody give him a shout of praise in this place. one thing to give God a praise after he did it it's one thing to get and we should give him thanks for what he's done but it's another dimension of faith when you start to praise him before it happens when you're stuck in the middle of something and you just start saying God I praise you for the open door when you're going through a little struggle but you get in an altar uh, and say, God, I just want to give you praise in advance uh, for the victory that you gave me over this situation. I dare somebody in the building right now uh, to take about 30 seconds uh, and don't praise him for what he already did uh, but take about 30 seconds uh, and praise him uh, for what you haven't even seen yet. Uh, Praise him uh, for what you believe in him to do. uh, Praise him! Come on, somebody! land when they got to an overflowing Jordan uh, God spoke to the man of God and said uh, as I was with Moses so shall I be with you uh, the same way uh, that I parted the Red Sea uh, is the same way uh, I'm going to get you over the river uh, somebody in the building ought to just lift your hands uh, and shout right now uh, cause the same God that brought you out uh, is about to bring you over God wanted his people to know I, I don't just have the power to bring you out of stuff but I got the power to take you into places God's not interested in just bringing you out Bringing you out of sin, bringing you out of bondage, bringing you out of depression, bringing you out of fear. Thank God for bringing you out. But I came to remind somebody God's got somewhere He's taking you in this morning. He's gonna take you into promise, He's gonna take you into blessing, He's gonna take you into wisdom, He's gonna take you into prosperity, He's gonna take you into dominion the same way he brought you out is the same way he's going to take you in oh one more time somebody give God a shout of praise in this place hey whoa alright let's try it a second time high five to eight people on the way to your seat tell them I'm coming out and I'm going in I tell them I'm coming out and I'm going in. I'm going in. Don't, don't get in my way. Don't stand in my way. Don't try to block the way. Don't, don't try to slow me down. Don't try to distract me because I'm going I've got a made-up mind. I'm going all. I, uh, I got y'all better sit down before we lose the service this morning. Anybody just thankful to be in the house of the Lord on Sunday morning? amen We have been having an incredible Holy Ghost time in this house and uh, I want to remind you that this upcoming Tuesday tell your neighbor this Tuesday no 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 tell the other neighbor the one that's awake already tell him this Tuesday is our annual Christmas service celebration yeah. We got some special stuff in store. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be an exciting time around here as we celebrate the birth of our King. Amen. Somebody. Amen. Amen. And uh, we take time to celebrate each other's birthday. And I think I think it's good to take some time to celebrate the birth of our King. Amen. Somebody said he wasn't born on December twenty fifth. Well, there's a good chance he wasn't, but I'm going to pick a day to celebrate his birthday to December 25th as good as any. Amen, somebody? And so we're going to have a great time around here. You don't want to miss it Tuesday night. And then also a reminder uh, that Friday, I believe it's a Friday, is that the 31st or the 30th? The last day of December, is that the 31st? All I hear is, whatever that last day is, I think it's a Friday night, we will be having our New Year's Eve service right here in the house of the Lord. Woo! If you have never been to a Rock Church New Year's Eve service, it is a highlight of the year. It is a straight up Holy Ghost party. And uh, you want to make sure to make plans to be here. We usually start service uh, around 10 o'clock. There will be more details to follow. And we literally bring in the new year, having a Holy Ghost party in this house. It's going to be awesome. You don't want to miss it. I will be ministering and preaching the theme for 2022 for this house. And uh, it's going to be a great time in the Holy Ghost. How many of you were blessed week before last? by the ministry of evangelist Jermaine Irvin. Come on, how many of you are blessed? Amen. Sunday morning he preached the power, uh, or the potential rather, of a broken hallelujah. And uh, what a powerful word from God that was. And uh, man, that real broke the internet. People blessed all over the country by that word from God. And then Sunday night, God used him in such a powerful and unique way uh, for this house. And um, if you were not here, I encourage you to jump online and go to the archives and listen to it. Uh, But we are so honored to have him back in the house of the Lord with us this Sunday. And not only are we honored to have him, but we are double honored to have his precious family with us this Sunday. Would you help me put your hands together and welcome Sister Irvin and the Irvin babies back to the Rock Church this morning. And uh, Man, he's going to preach twice as good today because his family's with him and uh, that, that, that flow of anointing. Having his sermon writer here with him is going to help a whole lot. (laughs) But we're honored there in the house of the Lord. I came expecting something great from God in this place. Amen. I want to say thank you on behalf of our evangelism teams and our bus ministry teams, uh, Search and Rescue, and the Sunday Express. I want to say thank you to everybody who came out yesterday and we had an absolutely incredible outreach at the Renaissance uh, community. It was a smashing success. And I want to thank everybody who came out and helped and knocked on doors and made popcorn and handed out candy and played basketball and football with all the kids and i saw them i saw a bunch of them in here i recognize them this morning god's bringing them in amen stand to your feet one more time if you came with expectation in your spirit this morning about what god's going to do in this place i don't know about you but i believe that god is going to do a miracle before we leave this house today i believe that god's answer for somebody's life is in this house this morning If you came expecting something from God, would you lift your hands one more time all over this sanctuary? Come on and prepare yourself, position yourself to receive what the Lord has for us today. Brother Irvin, we want you to come and deliver the word of the Lord to us in this place. Somebody give him a
1: shout of praise in the house. Come on, somebody give him a shout of praise in the house. You ought to lift up your voice if God has done anything for you. You ought to give God praise like you know he's good. You ought to give him a shout. You ought to give him praise on a Sunday morning. Jesus, we love you. We magnify your holy name, oh God. We praise you, Jesus. We've come to exalt your name on a Sunday morning. Is anybody glad to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. There's no place I'd rather be. There's no place I'd rather be. So honored to be here on a Sunday morning. Just glad to be at the Rock Church. Amen. Amen. If you don't travel, you may not know this, but you guys are one of the premier churches in the world. I got about three of y'all that ain't been nowhere before. I'm telling you, you're in a blessed place. You ought to be thankful for the house of God this morning. Amen. Amen. If you would, turn in your Bibles, Genesis chapter 22. Genesis chapter 22, very familiar passage of Scripture. And while you're turning there, let me say what an honor it is to be in this house, um, preaching the gospel, ministering to the people of God. What a great church. Uh, Anybody thankful for your leadership? amen amen this doesn't just happen it doesn't just happen that you can get a crowd of people together that will come and worship God with you but that all hinges on good leadership and you guys are blessed with some of the best leadership in the world praise God you ought to give them a hand of appreciation on a Sunday morning amen so honored to have my family here my wife Brianna our kids praise God We've got a 10-month-old, Brooklyn Dior. She's over there knocked out. I think Becca might be asleep too. I might have to wake him up in just a bit. And our little girl, Stella, she's in Sunday school. And we're just glad to be here. We are honored to be here. Praise God. Genesis chapter 22. We'll begin reading in verse 1. The Bible said, and it came to pass after these things, that God did tempt Abraham. Said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning, and saddled his ass, and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering. Rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw that place, the place afar of off. And Abraham said to his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship, and come to you again. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both. Of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father, and he said, My father. And he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. They went both of them together. Amen. For just a couple moments, minutes on a Sunday morning, I believe God sent me here to encourage somebody. I want to preach to you for just a couple minutes on this thought. Don't quit. Just keep on climbing. Don't quit. Just keep on climbing. If anybody's going to help me preach, I want you to lift your hands to Jesus. I want you to open up your mouth with a loud voice and continue to pray in this house. God, I pray, oh God, that you would anoint this service. God, I pray, oh God, that you would speak in the ears of your people. God, these are your people and they're a great people. I ask, oh God, that you would anoint my lips of clay. God, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, let it be acceptable in thy sight. Jesus, you're my strength and my redeemer. Somebody lift up a loud voice. Give God a shout of praise. Clap your hands right now in the house of God. Praise God. Praise God. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Four hundred years after the flood, God called a man by the name of Abraham to be the father of many nations he tells him in genesis chapter 12 to get out of your country and from your kindred and from your father's house and go to a land that i will show you no details on where God's initial motive was one of separation. And let me stop for just a minute and let you know that we serve a God that is a God of separation. He is intentional about this separation. He wants to separate you from your pre-Adamic nature. He wants to separate you. My God. You see, you were born in sin and shaping. And iniquity. And in this state, you won't be able to understand or comprehend what God wants to do in your life. Can I stop for just a minute and tell you that God is bigger than where you come from, and God is bigger than what your last name is, and God is bigger than... My we serve a God that is so much bigger that when you get an understanding and a revelation of how big your God is, then you understand why God is trying to separate you. So God, he begins to separate Abraham. He tells him, you got to get out from your country. You've got to get out from your kindred. You've got to get away from your father's house. What he was trying to do is he was trying to separate him unto his purpose. He wanted to separate Abraham from small thinking. He wanted to separate Abraham from where he's always been. He wanted to separate Abraham from hanging out with the people that he always hung out with that had dreams that was so small. But we serve a God that's bigger than every... I feel like preaching on a Sunday morning. We serve a God that's bigger than where you come from. We serve a God that's bigger than how much money you got in your pocket. We serve a God that's bigger than the house you live in. We serve We serve a God that thinks big. We serve a God that can see further than we can see. We serve a God that's not going to allow you to stay in the box that you've always been. We serve a God that will bring you out so he can bring you in. We serve a God that knows how to. We serve a God that's got to separate you from where you've always been so that you can engage the promise and the blessings of God. He's telling Abraham, you got to come out. You can't stay here. You got to separate from your country. You got to separate from your kindred and you got to get out of your father's house. You got to get out of the house of the familiar. What God's trying to do with the man Abraham because God has got a plan that's so much bigger than where he's standing. And God's trying to get Abraham on board with the plan. But you won't be able to get on board with the plan or comprehend what God's trying to do unless you take a step out of the house that you've always been in. So you got to come out so that God can take you in. He tells Abraham, he says, I want to make you the father of many nations. Nations and kings are going to come out of you. But in order for you to engage that, you've got to come out of the house. In the word of God, it tells him, he says, Abraham, step out of your tent. You got to get the roof over your head so that you can look up and count the stars. You got to get the roof over your head so that you can see that there is more to the kingdom of God. You got to get the ceiling from above your head so that you can look up and count the stars so that you can look out and count the sand of the seashore. Abraham, I want to do something so big in your life, but you got to come out. You've got to you got to, by faith, take one step and let me show you the rest of the way. By faith, you've got to step out of the house. By faith, you've got en- you to engage the promises and the blessings of God. But you've got to do it by faith. So God's trying to separate us. That's why when you come to the house of God... He starts putting this conviction on you, and you start feeling like I can't do the things that I used to do. I can't kick it with the same people that I'm used to kicking it with. Can I get an amen on a Sunday morning? I can't hang out at the same places that I used to go. Man, there's something about the music that I'm listening to that I've got to separate from. So he says, Abraham, I want you to push away from I want you to untether from, I want you to separate from everything that you've ever known. And this is a difficult thing. Where I come from, there was a church's chicken on the corner. There was a wing restaurant right next door. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And they telling me I got to separate from that. You know, sometimes you got to get back to where you came from to get some of that good food that you used to eat and I'm not telling you to let that go somebody say amen. amen but the reason that God brings you out is so that he can bring you in and when he begins to draw you out he starts to fill you with the strength to go back in and reach that neighborhood that he pulled you out of and reach those co-workers woo But separation is a difficult thing. It is difficult to walk away from everything that you've ever known. But this is the kingdom of God. You have to leave your culture at the door. And you've got to embrace kingdom culture. And God doesn't see color. And God doesn't know. My God doesn't care what your name is. God doesn't care what you look like. God doesn't care where you come from. He don't care what your dad's name was. If you come to the house of God, you can engage the promises and the principles of the word of God. So this separation is... It's almost like a ripping away, it's almost like a tearing away, but in order to be and do what God has called you to do, you've got to separate, you've got to come out, you've got to be different, you've got to be separate, let God speak to you, that's why you got to get to the house of God, so that your faith can be built one more time. He talked about it this morning, they were standing at the Red Sea, they didn't have a way out, but God stepped in and made a way where there seemed to be no way. You got to come to the house of God so that you can hear that story one more time. So that when you go back to your situation, you can leave with faith knowing that God's able to bring you out. If God was able to bring them out, then God is able to bring me out. Somebody clap your hands in the house. That's why we need the Holy Ghost. Praise God. You need the Holy Ghost so you don't act like you used to act. You need this supernatural power on the inside of you because coming out is difficult. But when you get the power of the Holy Ghost, you're able to walk right. You're able to talk right. You're able to live right. You're able... He gives you a new perspective. You get a kingdom perspective. I got to move. So he tells Abraham at the age of 75 in Genesis chapter 12... And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So there is a threefold promise. There's financial blessing, there's physical blessing, and there's spiritual blessing. And there are promises to Abraham. He tells him that he will make of him a great nation. He tells him that he would abundantly bless him and his family. He will bless Abraham with children, as many as the stars. And he would make him a father of many nations and make nations and kings out of him. But as we know, there's always something to do. <coughs> we are entering into A new dispensation. A dispensation is a period of time in which God deals with man concerning sin and salvation. And there is a covenant or an agreement with a covenant. There's always something to do. This dispensation is called the dispensation of promise. Circumcision is the sign and the command of the day. It's an everlasting covenant. Without it, you're cut off from God. It's an everlasting covenant between God and Abraham and his heirs with many blessed promises. Uh, and, And all who believed and obeyed in the covenant terms could share in the promises and the blessings. Without the sign of the covenant, there would be no promise and there would be no blessing. No one was excluded from participating. I want to take the time to let you know that you've got to know the day in which you live in, and you've got to know what God expects out of you in 2021. We're now living in the dispensation of grace. It extends from the day of Pentecost when the new covenant church began, when the full message of grace was first preached, until the second coming of our Lord. Man's approach to God under grace is by death, is by burial, and is by resurrection. We die with him in repentance. Repentance is, I'm living a life of sin and I'm going in one direction. Repentance says, I'm sick of living this way and I've got to turn around. We're We're buried with him in baptism. That's why you got to be baptized in Jesus' name. If you're under the sound of my voice and you've never been baptized the way the Bible says to be baptized, in Jesus' name, today is your day. You ought to get baptized today. Let me tell you a secret. All of your sins are going to be washed away, but you've got to step in the water. You've got to... And we're resurrected with him by the gift of the Holy Ghost. Death, burial... Resurrection. This is the gospel. You don't hear anything else I say. This is the most important thing that I'm going to say today you need to be saved the Bible way. You need to die with him. You need to be buried with him. And you need to rise again with him. You've got to repent. You've got to be baptized. And you've got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. If you're a visitor today and that's your first time hearing that we're going to let you know there are people that will tell you about that. But today you've come by appointment in the house of God on a Sunday morning so that God can wash all your sins away. So that God can fill you with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost. If anybody believes that, you ought to clap your hands right now. Find the terms to this covenant that we're talking about. In Acts 2 and 38, Peter had just stood up and let them know that they crucified the Messiah. And they were pricked in their hearts, verse verse 37 of Acts chapter 2. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. This is for everybody. Bible says, for the promises unto you and your children and all those that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Let me take just a minute. We're just going to pause the sermon right now. I want to take just a minute and let you know you don't have to leave here the same way that you came. There's... There's salvation power in this house. God can wash your sins away. God can set your feet on a rock. If anybody believes that, I wish I had a little bit of help on a Sunday morning. Praise God. So Abraham and Sarah, his wife, go, but they neglect the command to leave family behind and they take the nephew Lot. And they load up all their stuff and they hit the road. The Bible says that they were very rich in cattle and in silver and gold. In fact, Abraham and Lot had so much cattle that they wouldn't be able to stay in the land together. And so there was a strife. There was an anger or a bitterness, a disagreement between the herdsmen of Abraham and the herdsmen of Lot. And Abraham, understanding how to solve the conflict, says, Listen, Lot, I know I don't want there to be strife between you and me, between my people and your people. Here's what we can do. If you go left, I'll go right. If I go right, then you go left. But we have to learn that obedience is better than sacrifice. We've got to learn how to do it right the first time. The Bible says, whatsoever a man sows, that also shall he reap. The Bible says that Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld the plain of Jordan that was well watered everywhere. And it was like Egypt and the Bible says that Lot pitched his tent towards Sodom. The Jordan Valley is like the land of Egypt, and Egypt is a type of the world. It represents a land without God, and he remembers the trip that they took to Egypt, and one trip changes the rest of his life, (coughs) and he sees all the beauty, and he doesn't see the sin, and he don't see the destruction, and he doesn't see the calamity. You see, we've got to learn how to be obedient, even when it's difficult. Praise God. Because the repercussions of disobedience are oftentimes destruction. And there will come a day when God is ready to destroy the place where you chose to dwell. And you won't be able to convince your loved ones that the judgment of God is approaching because they have fell in love with Sodom. And you escape and your two daughters escape and your wife escapes. But because of the love that she has in her heart, she fails to obey the command not to look back. And we know the story. She's killed and turned into a pillar of salt. And now Lot has to live a life based... Hear me today on a decision that he made before he can even understand the downline consequences. That's why you got to be careful where you go. That's why you got to be careful who you spend your time with. That's why you got to be careful where you tread your foot. I'm here to tell a parent right now that you've got babies that are walking behind you and... You've got to be careful where you take them. You've got to be careful where you lead them. You've got to be careful. Sometimes we make some of, the, some of the craziest decisions of our life even before we can understand the downline consequences. And when Lot picks the Jordan Valley to dwell, he doesn't see the destruction. He doesn't see the calamity. But That's why you got to be so in tune with the God that you serve. That's why you got to be so in tune with the man of God that he sent you. That's why you got to be so in tune with what God really wants to do in your life. Let me tell you something what you love mom and dad your children will love. Young people you've got to hear me preach today you got to be careful who you kick it with. You can't spend time with everybody. You can't go everywhere there's a reason that you've got to get to the house of God on a Sunday morning. Somebody ought to clap your hands if you feel what I'm preaching this morning. Make some of the biggest decisions of your life oftentimes before you fully understand or comprehend the consequences of those decisions and these are the effects to one trip to Egypt on that trip to Egypt Abraham and Sarah pick up a maid servant by the name of Hagar because when you go to Egypt hear me today when you go to Egypt you always bring something back you've got to be careful where you go you've And Abraham and Sarah, impatient with the plan that God had given them. Abraham and Sarah, you're going to have a son. I know you don't see it, but just trust. My plan in your old age, I'm going to give you a son. And it seems impossible to them. And Sarah was still childless. And so they take matters in their own hands. And a relationship between Abraham and Hagar produces an Ishmael. And Ishmael, because he was the seed of Abraham, is blessed as well. And Ishmael produces Islam, which produces the Arab nations, the fiercest enemy of the people of Israel in modern times. That's why you got to be careful where you go because you will bring something back that will war against the promise of God in your life. And Abraham tries to give God our Ishmael as the promised child, but God won't accept Ishmael because he's a byproduct of disobedience. And God reiterates his plan over and over again. The child is going to come From Abraham and Sarah over and over again. God kept reminding him of his promise. And Abraham was 75 and Sarah was 65 when they first got word of the promise. And the clock was ticking. And they were well past the age. Year after year. Abraham and Sarah even laughed at the situation. But let me preach to you for just a moment and let you know that God's promises are true. If God gives you a word, you can take it to the bank. You can stand on God's word. Come on somebody, heaven and earth will pass away. But my word, you've got to stand on the word of God. You've got to lean on the word of God. You've got to trust in the word of God. God's promises are true. Abraham and Sarah, they have the promised child Isaac at 100 and at 90 years old. The child that they prayed for the child that they waited on the miracle child was finally here and blessed happy and content just enjoying life doing life having a good time and all of a sudden God steps in and tells Abraham some of the worst news that he's ever received Genesis chapter 22 back in our text the Bible says and it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him Abraham and he said behold here I am and he said take now thy son thine only son Isaac whom thou lovest and get thee into the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. He gives him the biggest test of his life. And after 25 years of waiting because God had delayed his birth, but it's not until you're deprived of something that you truly understand its value. God asked him for the most precious thing in his life. Deuteronomy 13 says, The Lord your God proveth you to see if you love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul. There's always a test. God wants to know if you love him. But God wants you to know that you love him. Praise God. So Abraham rises up early in the morning. And he seems like a really smart guy. I'm sure he didn't tell his wife. Yeah, right. I'm going to go sacrifice our son. Yeah, you're going to sit back down and do nothing. But Abraham, at this point... Was convinced that God was true and convinced that God was real and a man of his word. Abraham the Bible says he rises up early in the morning and he takes Isaac and two of his young men with him and they make their way the Bible says that it's a three-day journey I can't even imagine what's going through the man Abraham's mind I'm telling somebody if you got kids you know what I'm talking about right now I can't even imagine as he dragged his son to the place that God had called him to and he's walking this journey and three days he has to think about what he's about to do and three days he has to contemplate what was about to happen to the son that he waited on all of this time. And three days, one step after another. I'm sure it probably felt like a long trip because he was thinking about what was about to happen to his son. And obedient to the plan of God, 25 years of waiting, years of anticipation. I love this child. God, what are you thinking? What's going through your mind, God? This isn't a part of the plan that you gave me. This isn't a part of what you said I was going to be. This isn't a part. God, I think you need to rewrite this story. You're messing up the story. God, you need to rewrite it. God, you need to do something different. This doesn't line up with the story that you gave me before. God is good about leaving out some of the details. He tells Abraham to go to one of the mountains that I will tell you of. You see, you don't get to choose your mountain. You don't get to choose your test. You don't get to choose your trial. You don't get to choose Pray. He's got to make the trip up whichever mountain God chooses for him. And if I'm honest, Brother Trevor, if I'm honest, if I was able to choose my mountain, I would choose a little mountain. We got some saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost people up in here. And we'll just take a little obstacle that we can just hop over and keep on moving. And we'll just take a little test that doesn't really shake us to our core so that we can get over it and get on with the business that God has called us to. I got any honest people in the house on a Sunday morning. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. But God knows best. And God has a perfect will, and God has a perfect plan. And God knows which mountain you need to climb. God will take you to the mountain that you don't want to climb. And oftentimes God will show you the mountaintop without a clear view of the mountain. Stay with me, Joseph. Everything is going to be great. Your brothers are going to bow down to you. You're going to be in the palace. Everything is going to be all right. But the God that you serve leaves out the details about the pit. He leaves out the details about Potiphar's house. And he leaves out the details about the prison. God won't let you know what he's doing. Because if he told you what he wanted to do, then you probably wouldn't go. So God does the same thing with Abraham. He shows him the big picture before he shows him the trial and God does that to us he brings you into his kingdom He shows you the big picture of what can be, and that's so important because sometimes all you need is a word from God. Sometimes all you need is for God to paint the picture for you, and then you'll be able to make it through any circumstance, through any trial, because you still got the picture and what God painted in mind. I'm telling somebody right now, you... See, Joseph... There's some adversity that you've got to go through because I've got to build something in you so that you'll be able to stand in the palace. I've got to separate you, follow me. I've got to separate you from everything that you've ever known and place you in the pit. And then I'm going to take you to a country that you've never been to, and I'm going to bring you to Potiphar's house. Watch this. He separated in a pit. In Potiphar's house, he learns about finance. He learns how to be a leader. He learns how to do all of these things. And then he gets lied on and he gets thrown in prison. Come on, we're talking about the person that had dreams from God. We're talking about the person that had high hopes for his ministry. We're talking about the person that you thought everything was going to be peaches and cream. But sometimes the plan of God is not a straight shot. But the plan of God is a lot of roadblocks and a lot of turns and a lot of moving parts and you just gotta hang in with God and you just gotta get an attitude that says I'm not moving off of the course that God has given me today." and he goes to the prison and in the prison he learns how to lead you see you need the pit you need Potiphar's house and you need the prison in order to stand in the palace What happens is God builds things in you all along the journey. In difficult times, in hard times, in in calamity, in situations that don't quite add up. What God is doing in the situation is God is placing the tools that you need on the inside of you in order to be what he called you to be. And if we're honest today, I think about the prison and I think the Bible. When I read the Bible, I try to put myself in the situation. So I'm sitting in the prison, and he was the ruler of the prison. He was the leader. He, he had all types of control in the prison. And I, with my simple mind, I could just imagine them keys hanging up somewhere up in here. And he probably sees the keys, and he could at any moment unlock himself and escape the plan of God. But Joseph had something inside of him that knew that I can't abort the process. I'm preaching to somebody right now and letting you know don't you abort the process. Don't you eject yourself from the situation. You gotta endure hardness like a good soldier. You've gotta stand in. Because if you abort the process, and if you take yourself out of the prison, and if you take yourself out of the situation, then you'll never see the palace. It's endurance. It's this character thing. It's this living a principled life. And having complete trust in God that he's going to make a way where there seems to be no way. I know you're in a difficult situation, but God sees you, God knows where you are, and God's going to work it out. You just got to keep on moving. So Joseph needed all the tools. Because God didn't show him the details. He needed all the things that God had packaged within the deal of him being in the palace. He needed all of these things in order to stand in the place that God had called him to. What am I preaching to you on a Sunday morning? I'm preaching to somebody right now. Don't you give up. Don't you give in. Don't you quit. God's got something for you. God's doing something behind the scenes. So he gets to the base of the mountain, and he tells the two young men to stay because everybody can't go up the mountain with you. Some mountains are meant to be conquered alone. There's some isolation there. It's some wilderness moments that you've got to go through, some moments where it's just you and God, and you just got to hang on. And he says to me, me and Isaac are going to worship he was asked to sacrifice, but he sees it as worship. Victor Frankl says it like this, when suffering finds meaning, it ceases to be suffering. I don't come to church because it's my sacrifice. I come to church because I love him. I come to church because this is my worship to God. Does anybody feel like that on a Sunday morning? You ought to clap your hands, give God praise, give God worship right now. And Abraham and Isaac load up the instruments of sacrifice, the wood, the knife, and the fire. And Isaac knew this process. He understood what was needed. And Isaac says, Dad, where is the sacrifice? And Abraham, absolutely convinced in this season of his life, he answers him, My son, God will provide Himself a sacrifice. The Bible says that they make their way up the mountain. You see, everybody wants the mountaintop, but nobody wants to climb. I've come to preach about the climb today. We like to preach the provision of the Lord, and we will before we leave. We like to preach the ram caught in the thicket. But we've got to understand that in order to preach the provision of the Lord and in order to preach the ram caught in the thicket, we've got to make the climb. It's the grudge of climbing up the mountain. It's tough, it's lonely, it's not fun. It's the grind of the process. It's the threshing floor, it's the potter's wheel. I know you've been through some trials. I know you've been through some tribulations, but don't you quit today. You've got to keep on climbing. You've got to keep on making your way to the top of the mountain. <laughs> it's difficult on the mountainside because we're hanging on. And we keep looking up towards the top, and we've got such a long way to go. But this preacher on a Sunday morning came to you to give you a simple word just to let you know, don't you give up, don't you give in, don't you quit on a Sunday morning. You've got to keep on climbing, you've got to keep on moving, you've got to keep on going. Don't get weary in well-doing for in due season. you got to get this due season thing down. Due season is the timing of God. Oftentimes we want our season. But oftentimes our season is not due season. God knows when due season is, but He won't let you in on the details of when the situation is going to end. But I've come with a word from God on a Sunday morning to let you know you got to keep on climbing. It doesn't matter where the end is. I got to keep on pressing. I've got to keep on moving. I've got to keep on climbing on a Sunday morning. It's difficult on the mountain, but I just got to take another day. I've got to take another step. I've got to move another. Hang on, on that mountainside, wondering where God is. We're wondering, God, are you even here? God, I don't even see you, but God, I'm just hanging on. One more day, God, I'll hang on, but I don't know if I have the strength to make it tomorrow. Just keep on climbing. I don't know if I have the strength to make it another day. I don't know if I'm going to get to where you've called me to go. God, this situation is too difficult for me. This climb is too grueling for me. Everybody wants to talk about moving mountains. And God will do it. But some mountains are meant to be climbed. Because God is teaching you something. On the mountainside, huh? can I preach about the mountain for a minute? God's building something in you on the mountain. And you think that God has walked away from you. I'm preaching to somebody in this house right now. You think that God has forsaken you. You think that God has forgot you. You think that God is not paying attention to you. But sometimes God just wants to build a little bit of character on the inside of you. And God is God is more concerned with what you can learn on the mountain than he is in pulling you out of your current distress. And I know it may be difficult, and I know it may be tough, and I'm not being insensitive this morning. I'm just giving you some encouragement and letting you know you just got to keep on climbing. You just got to keep on moving. You just got to keep on going. There is provision at the top. The ram is going to be caught in the thicket, but we'll never see the ram. You can rest assured that God is doing his part but here's how it works at the same time that you're making your climb I believe that God has already got provision on the way and you can rest assured that the ram is going to be caught in the thicket so the same time you're climbing God's sending a ram up on the other side and the ram hear me today the ram will be in position But the question is, will you ever see it? The people that see the ram caught in the thicket are the people that never quit, are the people. That just get this spirit of endurance that says, I know it's difficult right now. I know the situation is tough right now, but I won't quit. I won't give up. I won't give in. I'm going to keep on climbing. I've got to make it to the top. God's got something for me at the top of the mountain. Let me preach the misconception to you. The misconception. Is that all of the good stuff is at the top of the mountain? But that's not true. One man said it like this He said, You take an occasional glance at the peak or the summit of the mountain. He said, but don't you dare miss all of the views from each vantage point. What am I preaching to you today? I'm telling you, you just got to look out right where you are. That's why you got to learn how to praise God in the midst of your situation. That's why you got to learn how to praise God in the midst of the trial. That's why you got to learn how to praise God in the midst of the circumstance. You got to get a praise in your spirit before the walls come down. He said, look up at what we're going for. He said, but while you're on the mountainside, don't you dare miss all of the views from each vantage point. I'm preaching to you right now that where you are right here. In your mess, in your trial, in your situation, there's beauty to look at right now. That's why you got to wake up and just thank God for having clothes on your back. That's why you got to wake up and say thank you for putting food on my table. God, thank you for putting a roof over my head. God, thank you for giving me a wife. God, thank you for giving me children. God, thank you that I had a ride today. Thank you for the house of God. Is anybody thankful on a Sunday morning? You ought to give God a shout of praise. We're hanging on the mountainside. And it's a tough road because we've got such a long way to go. But what you gotta do, I'm gonna give you a tip on the mountaintop right now. It's all you've got to do is just look out. Because when you get up a little bit higher, then you get to see God in a different view. I'm telling you, God's gonna give you revelation on the mountainside, God's gonna give you a testimony of the mountain. Just keep climbing. Just keep going. Just endure to the end. When you stop, you begin to lose ground. Just movement. God just needs some movement. He just needs to see. I'm trying. I'm telling you, God's going to help you all along the way. There are people that are going to pass by that's going to give you a push. But sometimes God just needs to know if you're willing to make it another day, if you're willing to go another round, if you're willing to take it the next step. I know you can't see it. I know you can't comprehend it. I know you don't understand it right now. But don't you quit today. You've got to keep on climbing. You've got to keep up moving up the top of the mountain. God's got provision at the top of the mountain. There's a testimony of the mountains high, because you're not the first person to climb that mountain. That's why we come together and we talk about the goodness of Jesus. Because somebody will come in here and they'll say, when I look back over my life and I begin to think things over, I can truly say that I've been blessed What is that about? That's to let somebody else know that's in the same spot that they were in. That I made it out. And you can make it out. I'm telling you, you got to keep on climbing. Somebody just needs to encourage somebody today and let them know I was where you are right now. And I made it out and you can make it out. You just got to trust God. You just got to have faith. You just got to keep climbing on a Sunday morning. Does anybody believe what I'm preaching right now? You got to clap your hands right now. You got to give God a shout of praise. So he's climbing up this mountainside and his son's climbing up with him and he has the instruments of sacrifice on his back and they get to the peak of the mountain. Lays his son down, and everybody talks about the faith of Abraham. But let's talk about the faith of Isaac to lay there. And he understood what was happening. He understood the process. He laid down and he obeyed, or was obedient to his men of God. He stood there and he laid and he laid down and, and his dad lifted up the knife. The Bible says behind him there was a ram. Caught in the thicket. And he gets to the top of the mountain and now and only now did he know that God's words were true. You see, you're on the mountainside by faith. Because you can't see the ram caught in the thicket, but you just got to have some belief on the inside of you that says, if God said it's so, then it is so. I believe the word of God. I believe the promises of God. God, you said that you were going to make nations and kings out of him. God, you've got to make a way where there seems to be no way. You've got to step in right on time. Here's the thing. You still have to be obedient to the process. Abraham was going to follow through with what God told him to do. This wasn't a show. This wasn't for fake. Abraham was going to follow through, but God knows how to step in right on time. God knows how to make a way where there seems to be no way. God knows how to do what only God can do. God can do the impossible, and he saw the ram caught in the thicket. Somebody's ought to praise God right now for the provision of God, for the mercies of God, for the blessings of God because we never see the provision and we never get to see Jehovah Jireh and we love the ram caught in the thicket and we love the provision of the Lord but God wouldn't let him bypass the process it's the process it's the threshing floor It's the potter's wheel. It's the place where God is shaping you and forming you and creating you into what he's called you to be. I'm here to preach to somebody. Don't despise the mountainside. You've got to take everything you can get on the mountainside. You've got to take every revelation and you've got to bring it back to the house. And you've got to let somebody know you're on the right track. Keep on moving. Keep on going. Don't you quit. Don't you give up. Don't you give in. Somebody just gotta get some endurance. I know it's difficult, I know it's tough I know you're going through a trial and a situation but just hang on another day just go by faith one more step on another rock and then God's going to give you strength to make it another day I'm telling you, you got to get back down on your knees one more time and pray I know you don't think God hears your prayer but go to the prayer room again I'm going to give you a word today you just got to do it again you got to do it one more time don't you give up, don't you give in don't you quit today you gotta keep on climbing, keep on moving, keep on going. Don't you give up? Say, come to the music. I'm almost done preaching. I'm here to encourage you today. I'm here to make some sense out of what you're going through. You think nobody understands where you are? I don't know your name. I don't know your address, I don't know your phone number, but God does. I don't know what you're going through. But we serve a God that's paying attention to your trial. We serve a God that just wants to know, can you endure to the end? Can you make it another day? Can you go? When I say go, can you be obedient to the plan of God? Can you just keep on climbing? I know you can't see it. I know you can't comprehend it. I know you can't understand it. But don't you quit today. She's got to keep on climbing. You got to keep on moving and we're going for glory to glory and on this mountain you're gonna get something that's gonna help you for the rest of your life but it doesn't stop there I'm here to tell you I'm a realist you go from mountain to mountain but I'm telling you don't despise the mountain don't despise the mountain God's teaching us something on the mountainside God's showing us some things on the mountainside you've got to keep on climbing somebody clap your hands all over this house. Hebrews chapter 11, Bible says, by faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promises, offered up his only begotten son, and there is a clear parallel, Abraham's only begotten son, and Jesus Christ, the only begotten of the Father. There was a mountain that Christ had to conquer. The Bible says that the lamb was slain before the foundations of the world. A mountain that he had been thinking about before the foundation of the world. Before we ever sinned, God had a remedy. God had an image of a man on a hill, on a cross. So Christ looked down low for a man to stand in the gap and die for the sins of the world. But he couldn't find one. And so the Almighty robed himself in flesh, and lived his life as a sinless man. And he would come to a garden that was called Gethsemane. And he was there with his disciples and he, he asked them, can you just pray with me? And they, they started to pray and they would fall asleep and he would go to them. And he would say, can you pray with me? Wake up. Can you pray with me? And they would begin to pray and they would fall asleep again. And another time, same thing. And he said, you know what? I'm just going to pray. He says, Father, if it's your will, then let this cup pass from me. Then he shakes himself in that moment. And he says, nevertheless... Not my will, but thy will be done. There's a mountain that I've got to climb. And the soldiers come and they try to seize him. The Bible says that Peter cuts off the ear of the the soldier Malchus. And Jesus says to him, Peter, hold your peace. You don't understand. There's a mountain that I've got to climb. He puts the ear back home. He goes to Caiaphas. They're asking him questions about who he was. And he wouldn't speak to him. Pilate said, listen, don't you understand that I've got the power to either release you or to kill you. And he says, you don't have any power except that my Father give it from thee from heaven. You don't understand. There's a mountain that I've got to climb. And he makes his way down the Via Dolorosa. And they split open his back with the cat of nine tails. And my precious Savior is making his way And if I'm in the room, if I can put myself in the situation, I'm standing in the room and I'm saying, don't crucify Jesus. He's a sinless man. He didn't do anything. I'm the one that needs to be hanging on a cross. I bet he would say, just hold your peace. You don't understand. I've got a mountain that I've got to climb. And he continues on the journey. He stumbles with the cross. He's trying to make a way for you and for me. They place that crown of thorns on his head. They nail those nails in his hand and in his feet. And my Savior Jesus... Is here at the place that he's seen from the foundation of the world. And here's the thing. Here's the thing that I love so much about Jesus. Here's the thing that I love so much about the God that I serve. Is that he'll never ask me to do anything that he wouldn't do for himself. <laughs> Lifted up his hands. Stretched his arms and died for me and for you. And I'm just so thankful today that he didn't quit, that he kept on climbing. I wish somebody would stand up all over this building right now. I wish you will lift up your hands. And I wish you will cry out with a loud voice because Jesus didn't quit on you. So I want somebody to make a declaration that, God, I won't quit on you. God, I won't give up. God, I won't give in. God, I've got everything invested in this. Come to
2: some of these altars are open right now.
1: Come and pray right now. Come and lay down yourself on an altar. Come and make a declaration I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up today. I
2: don't believe he brought me this far to leave me. I just. invested in you, for you to quit God's got too much investment in you, for you to give up, God's got too much investment easy, in you, but I don't believe he brought me this far to leave.
1: You've come too far to give up now.
2: My star.
1: Give up now. You've got too much invested in this thing. You've got too much invested right now.
2: to the lead.